we in the end times? Is it all about to end? The world seems really preoccupied with the year 2012. Movies and books and websites. Welcome to Evidence and Answers with Dr. Pat Zucharin. We're going to discuss this phenomenon today with an expert on end times. My name is Kevin Harris. I want to remind you that we have resources on everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism at our website, evidenceandanswers.org evidenceandanswers.org. Let's go to Dr. Pat Zucharin as he introduces our guest today in part one of 2012. Well, what's all the hype about the year 2012? If you go to the bookstores, there's a lot of books. There's even a big Hollywood movie on it. What is it about 2012 that's getting everyone's attention? Well, joining us today is a very special guest, Dr. Mark Hitchcock. Mark Hitchcock is a pastor at Faith Bible Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, and he has a PhD from Dallas Theological Seminary, and he's written over a dozen books on end times prophecy, including the complete book of Bible prophecy, Cashless, and Iran, The Coming Crisis. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, Mark, what's all the hype around the year 2012? Well, there's there is a lot of hype about it. I mean, the you know the big movie that's out and all kinds of things going on with this whole 2012 end date. I think there's probably going to be a lot of uh, hype, you know, and build up uh, as we get to the year, you know, 2012, and as that actually uh, draws near. You know, I think there's several things involved in this. You know, people just have an innate curiosity about the future. I mean, always people want to, you know, know what's coming, what's ahead. I mean, that's always there. I think in these times when which we live now, though, I think there's a lot of fear and a lot of uneasiness that people have about the future, about our world today, you know, the nuclear proliferation that's going on and economic problems and fear of pandemic plagues and weather, strange weather patterns, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, I think this whole 2012 and the whole idea of, you know, some end of the world is kind of gaining momentum and traction uh, just because of that. And, you know, when you throw in the whole idea about the Mayans, you know, the Mayan Indians, these mysterious um, you know, people who knew so much about time and, and uh, mathematics. When you throw that in, kind of a little bit of pseudoscience and kind of some mystery, you know, with the Mayans, you, you've you got, uh, you know, really a pretty potent mixture there, I think, that's causing a lot of people some anxiety. Yes, Mark. Mark's got a new book out called 2012, The Bible and the End of the World. Now, Mark, you state in your book that the majority of people, no matter what worldview they may have, hold to some kind of end-time scenario that uh, our world is somehow coming to an end someday in the future. Well, really, you know, that's true. I mean, people everywhere, again, want to know about the end. Uh, all religions pretty much have some type of view of how things pan out in the end. I was reading uh, a couple of months ago in Newsmax magazine. They had a, a poll there, and it said that 20% of the people in America believe the world's going to end in the next couple of decades. So, you know, it's not Christians, that's everybody. So people everywhere have this kind of collective angst, you know, that we're getting near closing time. And, uh, you know, people are looking for answers. And what's, what I always find interesting, though, is, you know, people will look to the ancient Mayans. They'll look to Nostradamus. Uh, they'll look, uh, you know, Bible codes and all this kind of stuff. And here we have the Bible, you know, that has hundreds of prophecies in it that have already come true, that has a proven track record in it that we can put to the test. And yet people will go look at all these other sources and they won't look at the Bible. To me, that um, you know, really shows kind of the blindness of man to the truth of God. 
Well, Mark, the year 2012 is supposedly the end of the Mayan calendar here. Tell us, who are the Mayans, briefly? Well, the Mayans are a group of people who lived uh, from, oh, about 1500 B.C. to 1500 A.D. They really reached their peak in about eight or 900 A.D. They lived down in uh, Mesoamerica, Central America, and uh, they're people who uh, were just obsessed with time. I mean, they, they knew so much about time and about mathematics and about astronomy. Uh, they are a people who lived, you know, in, in what's called the Yucatan Peninsula today down in Guatemala in that area. But, uh, you know, the Mayans were incredible astronomers. They, they saw time in cycles. They had about 20 calendars, uh, three main ones, but they had this one specific one called the Long Count Calendar, and it measures time in these cycles of 5,125 years. And they believe there were five of these cycles, and they believe that uh, four of those have already taken place. The last one started August 11th of 3,114 B.C., so it's supposed to end on December 21st of 2012. And that will be the first time, by the way, in 26,000 years, almost 26,000 years, when the sun and the uh, earth will be lined up with the center of the Milky Way galaxy, and they knew that. So... You know, with this galactic alignment that's going to occur and with all this with the Mayans, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, maybe the Mayans did know uh, when the end of the world is going to come, and, and maybe that's what they were trying to tell us by this end date. Yeah, you know, how did the Mayans know all this about all these stellar movements and planetary movements and things? There's some interesting theories out there that you go over, but how, how did they know this? What are the theories that are out there? Well, you know, some people think that they knew all this stuff uh, by... Uh, UFOs, you know, maybe beings from another planet that came and told them this. Some think that they received this information that basically there was kind of like an archive, you know, from the beginning of time and the, the civilization of Atlantis, you know, this advanced civilization when it was destroyed, that the archives of all this information, you know, were passed on. We don't know for sure, but I think to me the most likely scenario is that they got a lot of their information from demonic sources. And when you look at the Mayans, the, uh, the barbarity of their religion, how bloodthirsty it was, you look at the pictures of their gods, uh, they're these grotesque-looking creatures. I mean, even their, their main god was Quetzalcoatl, who was a plumed serpent uh, deity. I mean, anytime you worship a serpent, you know, that's not too good. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, they trafficked in demons. Uh, The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 that, you know, these gods, false gods, they're really no gods at all. But there is a power behind them, and the Bible says that it's a demonic power. Um, Now, certainly a lot of things the Mayans could have just known from great powers of observation. But some of the things they knew, uh, I think, uh, without telescopes, without computers, go beyond really what anyone could have known without some kind of supernatural revelation. And we have to remember the angels were there when God created uh, the heavens and the earth, according to the book of Job. So they certainly would know a lot of the great secrets of uh, the universe. Now, Mark, why do people feel that the Mayan calendar holds the key to end-time prediction? Well, you know, it goes back to this whole idea, really, of the Mayans just knew so much, you know, about time and about the universe. So people think, well, you know, these people, if they knew all of this, well, you know, maybe they knew when everything was going to end. And since their calendar, their long count calendar ends on December 21st of 2012, people say, well, you know, this must be the end of the world. Or others will say, well, no, it's a great new beginning. You know, there's going to be this time of global transformation of consciousness. 
that's going to take place when the sun and the earth are lined up with the center of our galaxy. What's interesting, though, is the Mayans themselves don't really say that December 21st, 2012 is the end of the world. Um, there's nothing in their writings that says that. This is what people have come up with and surmised from the end of their calendar. You know, our calendar ends every year, and of course it's not the end of the world, it's just a new beginning. So that's an interesting point to keep in mind, but I think with all that's happening in our world, people are looking for answers, and when they hear about this Mayan calendar and it ending on that date, and uh, you know, you throw in people say, well, Nostradamus you know, predicted this as well, which he didn't, but still, all those things get thrown together, and uh, you know, a lot of people tend to tend to believe these kinds of things, or at least give a little bit of credence to it, maybe in the back of their mind. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Nostradamus. Now, uh, there are specials out there that are saying that his prophecies also coincide with 2012, and that uh, Nostradamus did make many prophecies: uh, Saddam Hussein, 9/11, Hitler, and others. Well. Who is Nostradamus, and, and did he actually make these prophecies? Well, Nostradamus was a French alleged prophet. Uh, he re- lived back in the 16th century. And uh, Nostradamus uh, lived in really dark times. He lived part of the time during the bubonic plague and a lot of wars in Europe. So he lived in dark times. Um, he wrote in his uh, writings, they're, they're called quatrains. They're four-line statements that Nostradamus made um, that are supposedly predictions. And to, to come up with those, he used a method called scrying, which is a word that means to reveal. He would look in, in water or in glass or mirrors, and he would try to discern things and try to see into the future, which that tells us right away that we should avoid Nostradamus because the method he used is an occultic method uh, that's forbidden by the Bible. So that right there should be enough for any Christian to avoid uh, putting any stock in what he says. But he wrote these quatrains. The pro- there are several problems with them. One is they're very vague in general. I mean, you, you could use them to f- really fit all kinds of prophecies or all kinds of events. You know, they're just so nonspecific. You could fit them into dozens of things that have happened in history. So that's one problem with Nostradamus. Another one is he made a very specific prophecy that on in the seventh month of the year 1999, the great king of terror would appear in the sky, and the king of the Mongols would come forth, and all these things. And you know, in, in, in July of 1999, nothing like that happened. So we can know, I mean, based on our own lives and our own experience and what we didn't see in July of 1999, that uh, Nostradamus was a false prophet. So we know at least that one time when he got very specific that he was wrong. Now, he's got this lost book of Nostradamus that's these drawings, and that's what people point to, and they say these drawings point to 2012 as the end of the world. But you can get online yourself, any of the, the listeners can, and look up you know, lost book of Nostradamus and look at those drawings. You have to have a very fanciful imagination, and you have to be right on every conclusion you make about these drawings to come to the idea that they're pointing to 2012. I, I just uh, don't put any stock in that at all. Yes, you know, speaking of Nostradamus's uh, prophecies being quite vague, here's the famous prophecy of, of Hitler, uh, supposedly in his book. You document it here, Quatrain 2, uh, verse 24. Beasts ferocious from hunger will swim across rivers. The greater part of the region will be against the Hister. The great one will cause it to be dragged in an iron cage when the German child will observe nothing. Boy, it's really hard to uh, get Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany from there. 
Well, it mentions, you know, it mentions a German, you know, and it mentions Hister. So I'll say, well, this is Hitler. The problem is Hister there probably is a place. Actually, in the original, it's Hister and then the word Sarah, S-E-R-A, after that. Many people believe that's a geographical location. But even if it is a reference to Hitler, his name's spelled wrong. You know, I mean, right. the Bible in the book of Isaiah, in chapters 44 and 45, names King Cyrus uh, 100 uh, years before he's even born. It names Josiah uh, by name, almost 200 years before he's born. Of course, it names Jesus, that he'll be called Emmanuel 700 years before he's born. So when the Bible names people by name, it gets it right. And uh, again, you know, this is just people wanting to find these things. And, you know, we know from the Bible, when you're wrong once, then the Bible says you're a false prophet. And we know at least uh, on one occasion of the July of 1999 prophecy that he was wrong. And the other ones are just so vague in general. I mean, it's just really, to me, kind of almost a shame that people put any stock in any of the prophecies of Nostradamus. Now, some of the 2012 promoters are also claiming that there are are Bible verses or Bible prophecies that coincide with 2012. Is there any credibility in that? And what kind of verses are they using? Well, what they do is they use passages like uh, Isaiah 24 uh, that talks of a great time of cataclysm and destruction that's coming on the earth. They'll use passages like Joel chapter 3, um, which speaks, I believe, of Armageddon. They use um, Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 through 16, that talks about, you know, the earth shaking, you know, like shaking off the ripe figs. I mean, earthquakes happening, there's rocks and mountains falling. They use these passages that I would refer to the coming time of tribulation, uh, what we, we would call the tribulation period, when God is judging the world. And they say, well, look, in the Bible, it has this same kind of cataclysm that that, uh, you know, we say is going to happen in 2012, you know, when there's polar shift or these kinds of things. The problem with that is, is they're taking these Bible verses out of their context. The Bible never gives any dates for any of these events. Uh, the Bible doesn't have any dates. And in fact, it forbids setting dates. Um, the Bible says, you know, that God, only God knows the, the time and the hour of, of these great events that are taking place in the future. The other thing is, is these people that do this, by and large, are, are New Agers. The whole 2012, the underpinnings of all of the 2012 phenomenon are new age. Uh, this is, I, I call uh, the whole 2012 phenomenon, the eschatology of the new age movement. But they take these passages like those, but if you were to sit them down and say, well, now let's look at what the book of Revelation really says. It's about God's Lamb. It's about the coming of Christ to earth, the rule and reign. They would reject all of that. So it's what I call cherry picking. You know, they go through and find some passages mm -hmm. in the Bible that they think kind of fit their 2012 idea, but then they really uh, fail to take those passages in their context or look at the entire book like a book of Revelation and see what is the theme of this whole book, which is the ultimate triumph of God and uh, His Son, Jesus Christ, and when He sets up a kingdom that will never end. Yeah, Mark, now what are the doomsayers saying will happen on 2012? There's about four proposed uh, theories that you've got there in your book. I mean, the first one is the planet x theory yeah the planet x theory some of them say that there's this planet out there that's the 10th planet in our solar system uh, it's called nibiru from the ancient sumerian uh, myths um, it's called planet x as well they say it's going to either hit the earth or or they say about every 3600 years it comes really close to the earth and that we're due for another close pass by a uh, planet x 
and uh, this is going to you know, throw the earth off kilter, you know, and, and uh, cause all kinds of destruction. Of course, if it hits the earth, obviously that would be the end of everything. The problem with this is you, know, you can't find one credible scientist that believes this is true. Um, I mean, I've done a decent amount of reading on it. You know, I couldn't find any credible scientists who give any uh, credence to that whatsoever. Uh, the other view is that the poles are going to shift on the earth. There's different reasons why people think this will happen. Um, that's kind of the thesis, really the thesis of the 2012 movie is that there's going to be a great uh, solar eruption, solar flares in 2012 that will kind of uh, cause the Earth's poles to shift. And uh, it is interesting, 2012 is supposed to be a very active year for solar flares. I mean, even NASA is saying that. Uh, the last time we had a very active solar sunspot cycle uh, year was in the late 50s when uh, we didn't have all the uh, satellites and things we have now. So it's possible with increased sunspot activity that there could be a lot of electrical dis disruption, satellite disruption, all those things that take place in 2012. So that could happen. Um, even NASA has, has acknowledged that. But they will say, and everyone will say, it's not going to be a mass extinction of humanity. Uh, the Earth's poles aren't going to flip or anything like that. So that could happen. And I always want to make the point, look, I'm not saying, you know, in my book that I've written or anywhere else, that 2012, that some strange things couldn't happen that year. It, they very well could. But what I'm saying is 2012 won't be the year of the second coming of Jesus, and it won't be uh, the end of the world. That's the, the basic thesis that I have. But, you know, so some of them say, you know, planet X is going to hit Earth. They say polar flip. They say uh, there's going to be sunspot cycles. Mm -hmm. Others, though, say, no, this isn't going to be the end of the world. It's going to be a great new beginning. Yeah, this new age, this new consciousness. consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, tell like us about that. global Woodstock. I call it, you know, like a global Woodstock or something. <laughs> yeah, in which we attain a new kind of enlightenment and, uh, and evolve into a higher being. Yeah, it's it's a very new age idea, and of course the problem with that is is, you know, global alignment uh, can't change the heart of people. You know, the only thing that can change our heart is Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know, they believe that just because you know this galactic alignment occurs, somehow there's going to be this massive shift in human consciousness, and um, you know everyone's going to begin to love one another, and there's going to be the introduction of this great time of peace and harmony, and. Um, to me, that's just uh, a total misunderstanding of the nature, the fallen, sinful nature of man. Um, galactic alignment won't change the heart of man. Only God can do that. Yeah, when you talk about the galactic alignment, what you're saying is that, uh, I believe, our solar system will align itself with the center of the Milky Way, and the energy from the center of the Milky Way will somehow disrupt things on our planet and in our solar system. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the Earth and the Sun will be aligned with the center of the Milky Way galaxy, so for a, a, period, a brief period of time, all the energy from the center of our galaxy, the womb of the galaxy, will be blocked by the Sun you know, from coming to the Earth. So because that's why people say, you know, they're going to be the polar flip, you know, there's going to be this new age of consciousness or whatever. All these things are related to that. But, again, you know, just because the Earth and the Sun get lined up with the center of the galaxy, it isn't going to change the sinful heart of people. Uh, you know, to me, that's a pretty naive uh, uh, viewpoint. Now, how does the events predicted in 2012, how does that compare with what we're seeing in the book of Revelation? Well, you know, there are similarities, and that's part of what I see is that I think this whole 2012 movement is really a, a satanic counterfeit to what the Bible teaches. 
uh, the, the the poster for 2012 for the movie across the top of it says who will be left behind I mean, it's obviously a, an allusion to the whole left-behind idea. You know, this is their version of that. And they believe that one of these days, those who aren't, in, aren't spiritually evolved enough are going to be taken away from the, the world in silver ships, which is like a rapture. And then they say there's going to be this time of great cataclysm, kind of like we would say, well, there's going to be a tribulation. And then many of them say there's going to be this great time of utopia on earth. And uh, we would say, yeah, that's coming someday, too. It's called the millennium, when Christ is going to rule and reign on the earth. So they have a counterfeit viewpoint that parallels that which is in the Bible, yet it's different because all of theirs is happening because of global alignment in these things, whereas in the Bible it's happening because of the judgment of God. And ultimately everything is for God's glory. It's not for man to get in touch with his higher self or whatever. Uh, Now, that's very interesting. You know, Revelation talks about, a, you know, the seven-year tribulation when God's wrath is unleashed upon the earth. Do you think there's this sentiment uh, in, in cultures everywhere that we're headed for some kind of cataclysmic end? Well, it seems that way. Um, you know, when you look at uh, Shiite Islam, you know, Ahmadinejad and over in Iran, you know, they're looking for their Mahdi to come, you know, a great time of cataclysm and bloodshed and warfare, you know, in the world. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of of different groups that have that kind of scenario. You know, the, this Mayan calendar theory, you know, has that scenario. The Bible does too, but again, you know, it's just like there were a lot of flood stories in ancient writings. So there must have been something to that. But the Bible gives the correct account of that, of what actually happened. It's the same thing with the future. There are different versions of it that are very similar. But we see, again, Satan counterfeits that which is true. And I believe that's what we see in a lot of these other movements. The Bible says that there will be this time of cataclysm and tribulation uh, because God will be judging the sinfulness of human beings. Um, it's not just you know random or bad luck or bad karma or whatever. It's actually the intervention of an all-knowing, all-loving, but all-just God into uh, human affairs. All right, so on December 21st, 2012, well, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I don't expect anything to happen. I always tell everybody there'll probably be a lot of panic among men because there'll be four shopping days left of Christmas. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't expect anything to happen. You know, again, I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, so... You know, there could be something that happens unusual on that day, just like there could be any day. But it won't be the second coming of Jesus. It won't be the end of the world. Now, Mark, how can we as Christians um, use this opportunity and take 2012 and use it as an opportunity to uh, share the message of the gospel? Well, you know, I see these kinds of things that happen in our culture as opportunities, as platforms for us, because I'm not glad they're out there. You know, it's not good when there's error and deception. But we can turn these things, turn the trajectory of these things, and bend them to God's purposes. Um, You know, when we look at the whole Da Vinci Code, I mean, all the deception that was out there with Da Vinci Code, uh, a lot of people responded and wrote books and counteracted that, and it caused a lot of people to read, you know, the Bible and to look at church history and the person of Jesus Christ in a very fresh and unique way. And I think with 2012, it's going to cause a lot of people to look at biblical eschatology or the end of the world or the end times with new eyes and say, well, what, what does the Bible say? What, what is there out there for us in the future? And, you know, in the workplace or wherever we are over the next few years, as people are 
you know, maybe becoming very fearful of this and saying, you know, what do you think about 2012? You know, do you, what do you think is going to happen? We can be ready and armed with answers to say, you know, here's why I don't think 2012 is true, and here's why I think the Bible's true, and here's what it has to say. So this is a great, a great platform for us, I think a great opportunity that uh, we should all avail ourselves of. Yes, folks, we're talking to Mark Hitchcock. He's got a great new book out called 2012, The Bible and the End of the World. Uh, Mark, you also have a website, don't you, that, in which you present a lot of material on end times theology. And yeah, I do. It's called uh, it's MarkLHitchcock.com, and uh, there's information there uh, you know, about the book and about other things. I haven't been blogging as much here lately. I've been working on some other things and just kind of le- left the 2012 information there. But uh, go to the website, check that out, and, you know, get a copy of the book. It's a 192-page paperback. It's not expensive. Uh, it's easy to read. But I think people will find it something they can read pretty quickly, but it will really give them a lot of uh, good information that, they, that, that the Lord can use to help them witness to others. All right. This is Evidence and Answers, and we've been interviewing Mark Hitchcock, author of 2012, The Bible and the End of the World. Well, Mark will be with us next week as we talk more about Revelation and End Times Theology. So, Mark, thanks for being with us this week. Yeah, thanks very much. God bless you. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Evidence and Answers with Dr. Pat Zuckerman. It's our hope to keep a quality program on the air and on the web that presents an intelligent response to the issues of our day and intellectually considers the claims of Christ in an honest and loving way. And we'd like to ask you to join us. Please support us with your tax-deductible financial gifts. One of the ways you can do that is by purchasing our resources available at evidenceandanswers.org. You can download past shows on everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, read Pat's articles, and purchase Pat's new book with Dr. Norman Geisler, The Apologetics of Jesus. It's all at evidenceandanswers.org. That's evidenceandanswers.org. I'm Kevin Harris. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Evidence and Answers with Dr. Pat Zuckerman.